Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to The Bunker with Andy and Freddie. Welcome everybody back to the bunker. I am your host Andy Burrows. Unfortunately, Freddie has uh, he's drunk all the beer, so he's, he's he's stumbling down the road somewhere. He's celebrated too hard on the Fourth of July. Freddie will be back with us next week. But hey, I have to, we, we've let some animals into the podcast this week. We have some goats with us. We have Mr. Keith Gray and Carl Ronick from the Burgundy Zone, fellas. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on here in the bunker. You know, I feel safe down here. <laughs> you should always feel safe or drunk in the bunker. Either way, my yeah. friend, something usually happens. Uh, Keith, how are you, buddy? Wait a minute. You said this is the bunk? The bunker, yes. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Oh, shit. I thought you said the, 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 um, oh, man, I just ruined my own joke. <laughs> See, I'm going to tell We're pretty... off to a great start. Yeah, yeah we're off to a great start. <laughs> I thought this was the fucker. No, 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 no. That, that's when I come over to DC. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> edit that that's out. Yeah, no, don't edit that out. Leave that in there. <laughs> you can leave that in, Freddie. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, guys, we uh, we sit here uh, celebrating some good news as Washington Commanders fans. Since our last podcast, a lot has happened. I'm going to try and remember it all. Most of it's good, to be fair. Uh, Kyle, I was on with you guys yesterday. Let's kick it off with you, man. I mean, as Washington fans, we always go through some hardship and we don't get much good news. Terry McLaurin has re-signed with the Washington Commanders for a very long time now. It was Twitter was in meltdown with Willie, won't he? And Keith, I know you've mentioned them when I was on with you about a month and a half ago, and you were like, pump the brakes, everyone. He's going to sign. Don't worry about it. But Carl, how did you, uh, when you see it official now on the Washington Commanders Twitter, it's on Facebook today, it's on the website. Terry's there signing his deal. How do you feel as a Washington fan today, my friend? I know, uh, scary Terry's going to be with us for a long, long time now. I'm very, very happy. I'm pretty sure I was on vacation when I got the notification. I was very happy to see that uh, because, like, I was a big uh, supporter of uh, Keith's boy, Kirk Cousins, getting a contract extension here. And so I would wait and wait and wait for this to happen. And it didn't, obviously. And so I felt that that was possible with Terry, that that waiting game was going to go on where you're just like, you're like, you're hoping that that day is going to come. You're going to get that notification, but it never does. And thankfully, that happened with Terry. If anyone deserved it, on top of Jonathan Allen, is Terry McLaurin. Just given the fact, I mean, the guy has had excuses to sit out games. And he still plays, still balls out, gives it his all. Is anyone else more perfect than Terry McLaurin? I mean, honestly, for this franchise, I've said it many times, he's the offensive version of Daryl Green, and I hope that he finishes his career here. But the contract is perfect for both sides, Andy. This was a very smart contract. It was the way it was laid out, I thought was um was very foreshadowing, you could say in a way, based on what the contract's gonna look like in a couple years. And I like that aspect. So both parties win. The commanders get to set their new culture. They got Jonathan Allen and Terry McLaurin linked up with Logan Thomas, Chase Royer. All those guys are, are inked up and the foundation is set, Andy. And I think this team is ready to compete. As mm. crazy as that is, it's, it's not like Terry wasn't on the team. But the mm. fact that they inked Terry, I think, is sort of uh, emblematic of what is possible to come with this football team. Showing that they've taken the step in the right direction. Instead of paying money to Amari Cooper, instead of trying to get big money free agents, we're paying our own guys top money. And yes, Jesse, I'm sorry. Terry McLaurin is elite, and he got paid elite money. 
Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Keith, did the uh, the franchise tag ever worry you? A lot of people were. I know not to mention your guy Kurt, but it happened. Was it, 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 I wasn't really uh, I wasn't really too worried about the franchise tag. Like I said, I spoke to you about a month ago, and you were like, "Look, he's going to sign. There's going to be no franchise tag." Did you kind of see where the Washington Commanders fans were coming from? Because you know we've been here many times. Um, no, I feel like people overreact. Um, I, I think people also wanted good news as opposed to all the negative news that was coming out. Um, so I can't, you know, make fun of them. You know, I, I can't clown them for that. I think, uh, you know, people just wanted to see that, you know, uh, a, a very good wide receiver that we have uh, was going to stay on the team. Um, I think with this move, though, now that he has signed, he's proven why um, he's needed here, uh, not just for his play on the field, but his locker room presence. That statement that he put out, he covered all grounds. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he didn't have to put that kind of statement out. But, you know, he, he basically covered all grounds and he covered the fans at the end. And I think that that was the single most important thing and is why everyone wanted this man because, you know, he's getting tagged on Twitter. He sees what people are saying. He may not read everything, but he's seeing what people are saying. He knows that he was wanted here. So, uh -huh. um, you know, to, to have him here and sign, I personally never freaked out or really talked much about it because I assumed that this was going to happen. This is a situation where it's business and business doesn't just happen overnight. You have to take your time. You know, a, a decision has to be made for both parties that are going to make sense for both parties. And that is not a decision that you can make within 24 hours. You know, so uh, I, I, I definitely had no doubt Terry was staying here. It was just a matter of what deal can they work out that's going to work best for both. And I think both did a phenomenal job at understanding where they're at currently. Uh, not only on the business side, but also on the professionals, you know, the, the playing side as well. So um, you just couldn't convince me that if you're going to use Terry's face on the 2222 rebrand mm -hmm. and, you know, have him be a part of all of that and, you know, uh, that he wasn't going to be signed. There was going to be no franchise tagging. And I think most important, which I've seen it mentioned before, but for people who haven't thought about this, this can now debunk the theory of, people don't want to come to washington anymore it has nothing <laughs> right. to do with that man it has everything to do with where you're at how comfortable you are where you see the future of this team and i think terry looked ahead you know terry looked ahead and said we've got something going on here we've got something special we just need to show it now and so um i couldn't be more excited mm. absolutely and one thing to add on top of that the fact that terry like, the only thing that he missed out on was an involuntary minicamp, right? It wasn't like he dragged us out through training camp, made it a big circus. All this was done in only with missing an involuntary minicamp, and this was inked before training camp. It wasn't even – I was concerned that once it got to August, that's when it was time to freak out. And it's the yeah. beginning of July, and he just signed his deal today. What is, what's today, the 6th or the 5th today? Yeah. So it's absolutely amazing that Terry, on top of it, didn't want to make it a circus. Didn't want this whole Debo Samuel kind of thing where you're requesting a trade to get the best value contract you can possible. That never happened with Terry. Just like his work ethic that he shows on the field, it was slow, steady, and it was determined, and it was quiet. And I absolutely love that. Mm. Also, okay. what a lot of people don't talk about, and it's, and it's mainly because they're not like me where I'm popping in certain people's DMs just trying to get any type of little information that I can to, to have an understanding or to be able to use it to talk about without pointing a finger saying this person told me, but 
it's not a big deal that Terry was at OTAs. And then in business decisions, when you're looking at where your team is advancing, some of the things that were talked about is Terry maybe didn't need to be at OTAs because there were guys there that needed to be there. Deami Brown needed to be there. Curtis Samuel needed to be there. And then our rookie, you know, uh, uh, Dotson needed to be there. And guess what? When Terry wasn't there, who was getting the reps? The other yep. guys were. Who was catching the passes? Dotson were. So really, in reality, OTAs isn't a thing that's needed, but it's damn sure a confidence booster for these other guys who were here last season and weren't very successful. Those types of things get talked about in business Mm -hmm. decision-making. And a lot of people don't talk about that because there's no way that you can prove that. But my personal opinion and some of the things that of conversations that, that I couldn't put out on Twitter, because like, again, I have no idea. I'm only going off of what people are saying, but a deal was going to happen. It was just a matter of working out the details. And it was also saying, Hey, you know, first of all, Terry doesn't need to be at the underwear Olympics, right? But these other guys do. And I think by him, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to wait until after this, you know, it's kind of like, it's not a selfish thing. He was looking at it more like these guys need these opportunities more than he did, you know, type of deal. And these conversations, these wide receivers, these players talk to each other outside. They know what's going on. The coaches know what's going on. And if you notice through this whole entire process, there was no negative about Terry, no nothing. It was just quiet on both camps, Washington's camp and his camp and, and Terry's agents all over Twitter, right? Mm. Terry's agent, you know, was also, you know, pressing his guy saying how great his guy is. And, and his agent was putting information out there stating that Terry doesn't want to go anywhere else. It's just, you know, again, it's whatever people want to read. So, mm. you know, that's the behind the scenes stuff, you know, that I had conversations with is why I was so confident that Terry was going to sign. Now, was there, was there ever that chance that he, you know, wouldn't, and we'd franchise sure you know anything changes in this business but you know that that's what i knew and i never freaked out about it because i was not that i would freak out anyways i'm not that kind of dude but i would have been disappointed yeah i mean um what do you guys i mean what does it say now for the organization i mean it says to me it it speaks volumes because if you had gone back three four five years terry might not have stayed under previous regimes so you you look now you fast forward to 2022 we're getting ready for this new season ron rivera jason Wright, and, and this team gets dogged constantly for for culture and you know people don't want to be here and we we look about all the coaches that have left the building over the years and the players that have left the years. so for that's why I, I kind of wanted this to be a bit of an upbeat podcast it, Carl, it speaks volumes now for an organization that Terry's probably looked at it and thought, you know what? I actually do want to stay here. Don't get me wrong. The money's great. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to playing football. And he probably could have gone to LA and he probably could have gone anywhere else. But he thought, you know what? I want to stay in Washington. So what does that tell you now about the Washington organization aside from the football team that people actually want to stay here now i'm not talking i know people are going to dm me or message me saying but we still got dan snyder and all this is going on i mean football i'm talking purely on a football aspect people have forever long left this building now terry wanted to stay here what does that say to you about the organization that we're headed in the right direction i believe that i i know a lot of people will say a lot about ron rivera and what he's done here but i think that we should be accepting of the fact that yeah he's not perfect but the fact being is we're in a better spot now than we were before ron rivera and i think it's very easy to look at the carolina panthers and say are they better off now than they were before they let go of ron rivera and i would say no they're not and i'm very happy that snyder actually pulled the trigger on coach rivera joe gibbs was able to sign off on coach rivera because you're seeing the benefits of it now 
I talk about it before. I used to listen to 106.7 The Fan all the time. And I'm telling you, I remember verbatim, one of the afternoon hosts went on a rant talking about these other teams that have these these baller sleepers come out of nowhere. Late in the draft, free agency, they get these guys who are cheap, and they end up bowling out. And I remember him saying, why can't we have that here in Washington? That's indicative of a good team. Why can't we have that here in Washington? That's here. Cam Curl blew up. J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, Charles Leno. Go down the list of guys that we got for very smart and cheap compared to the league that would be sexy pro the media, and they've turned into actual con- contract and productive assets for this team. This is a good team, and, and Terry getting a contract shows all the rest of those guys in that room, you can be a diva. You can do all you want. You can talk all that crap you want. You most likely won't be with this team, but if you follow behind Terry, the big money dude now, that's how you're going to stay with this football team, and I think that says a heck of a whole lot about the people in power now because I know the Washington Post just came out an article about Snyder. He's the same old Snyder. I don't care about the same old Snyder. I don't care about the organization running like a professional organization should, and it is now. The difference is that we continue going backwards. But the fact is, this is a step in the right direction. This is a step forward, and it is indicative of a championship-caliber team being built. I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm, Most definitely. Keep same question to you, my friend. Yeah, Kyle hit the nail on the head on everything. And we can even take it even backwards from Terry about the, you know, uh, players don't want to come here. When you have J.D. McKissick walk back on a contract or a verbal agreement with Buffalo, which is a, uh, I mean, arguably a Super Bowl contending team, right? That says that, you know, there's some good going on here in Washington. And he re-signed for uh, cheap, too, to to your point. mm, That's money. Correct. Correct. And, And that's the thing, though. But see, people took that, but they didn't run with it because they don't view McKissick in the same class as uh mclaurin right but now mclaurin resigns and all of a sudden uh dc's you know washington's amazing like this is amazing we're 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 keeping our guys and um you know type of deal so you know look ron rivera is in my opinion is not on a hot seat i mean the record is going to determine you know where he stands but uh to this day i'll still say if uh john gruden got five complete years um, Ron yep. Rivera will. Ron Rivera should get the same, especially where he's proven in year number going into year number three that this team is better on paper. Now it has to be better on the field. It has to show a better record. Um, but you know, even if we were to win one or two more games than you know the season before, that's still progress. Right? I'd be willing. So, I'd be willing to say that his first year shouldn't even be counted. To be perfectly honest, I agree. Mm. I agree. Yeah, that, that class too. Yeah, just, uh, I agree because yeah. you got to turn around a lot. It's not just your football team. Right. You got to turn around the, the organization. Of the yeah. The organization. Name change. Everything absolutely. going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. He and then you know and then let's his talk about his cancer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, he he's had to to endure a lot. And listen, I don't know if we're ever going to win a Super Bowl with Ron Rivera, but there's no question in my eyes right now that at least if you give this man five years, he's making this team better. Yep. Right. And so if he continues in a six year, you know, or resigns and, you know, he, he continues to be our coach, I think eventually Super Bowl plans, you know, can definitely get there. Can you imagine um, that you day? Know, oh, man. Oh, man. Could you imagine <laughs> you know, how I, it can go my days? The only thing that'll sadden me is it won't be under Redskins. And, you know, that's just me keeping it honest. Hey, you, you can know, always but, wear the, wear, rock the Redskins stuff with the Super Bowl, you know? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, look, look, I'm way past all that. I mean, I'm going to rock Redskins. Right now, I'm rocking Redskins with Commander's gear. I mean, that, that's go. not going to change. I mean, 
you know, like I said, at the end of the day, this is where we're at. I love football. I wasn't going to let a name change. You know, I, I'm going to pretend in the beginning that I was going to let a name change piss me off. And it did. I wasn't pretending. <laughs> you did a very good job. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really pretending. But, you know, come on, man. After two years, yeah. you know, and you got a team who is, 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 the, this front office is emotionally invested. Well, not emotionally, but the, they're becoming invested with their fans, getting their fans to reconnect. You got your team president talking to everybody and their brother. Uh, in the fan, you know, fandom world. So, look, if that doesn't say, you know, that, that there's change, I don't know. So, mm. I'm Keith on, wanted I'm on a howl so bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely didn't want to howl, but you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't really command anything either. But you know, hey, it could have been worse. So, yeah. You know, um, guys, one thing that I wanted to touch on as well today: if Ron Rivera is given, say, he's given the full five years. Where do you see this team being if he is given the full five years and the organization? I mean, do we dare think Super Bowls and nice, shiny new stadium? I mean, I just, the things that a lot of, a lot of people were bashing me on social media, I think it was last week or the week before, when I publicly said, look, I like the dude. I want him to stay here. And they were like, no. And Matt, my good guy, I know he'll be listening to this. He was like, dude, can't, Andy, I can't stand the guy. Get him out. He says he's taken, he's taken, yeah, he's taken us backwards. I mean, I'm like, so I said to him, There's come up with, come up that. with, yeah, a lot of people, Carl, honestly, you, I go th- scroll back through my Twitter. Oh my God. It was like two oh, days of trust me, getting, I know. me getting killed. <laughs> people were killing me for saying, I like the dude, but in, if he's given the full five years, where do you see this organization being? Five years and beyond. I should just say the full five years. It's like, I'm just with going off what Keith said about Jay Gruden being here for the full five years. Ron Rivera could be five, six, seven years, you know, where, where do you see him? taking this organization what's the ultimate we all know the ultimate aim is the super bowl but can you do think he can realistically do it yeah and i think that he can turn this team into a team that's competing for the playoffs like it has been for the past two seasons that he's been here uh they're going to continue that streak they're going to continue to build and they're going to create that pedigree uh essentially that this is what the expectation is and i love and honestly they have the mantra they have the stigma about them that almost like the bad boys that the league hates them because any ranking they come out with Anything that talking about the commanders, they always put them at the bottom. I mean, my goodness, even the front office is at targeted this. And I saw that one guy posted the ranking of the front offices and head coaching in the NFL, and he ranked Ron Rivera literally at the very bottom because the rookie head coaches and the new head coaches were below him, but they were in a separate tier. So it wasn't like Ron Rivera, they qualified for Ron Rivera. He put Ron Rivera at the very, very bottom in our front office. So not only is it the players that have this stigma about them, it's the front office saying, look, nobody else thinks we can do it. And uh, I think that's something special that can honestly breed into something really, really cool. Mm, yeah, most definitely. I mean, Keith, we put it out on social media earlier. We're going to get to some of the what quite a few people tweeted us. But uh, we put out there on the Bunker um, Twitter handle, uh, we put you're the Washington head coach. Uh, you get to be the Washington head coach. What's the first thing you would do when you walk in that building? We have some good funny ones as well, so we'll read them out as well. But what are you doing if you're the head coach of the Washington Commanders right now? Me personally, I would have put together a uh, draft scout team, strong one. Um, and I would rely heavily on what those guys are seeing. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'd do much differently. I mean, look, this guy came in, had the whole world against him. I mean, everything was against him. Um, I do question some of his, you know, some of the draft moves, but I also understand it's not him making that, you know, pure decision. There's other guys involved in this and that could be, 
you know, convoluted, you know, on, okay, well, who decided, you know, to draft this position at, at, at you know, at this spot, you know, type of deal. But um, I know nothing, to be honest with you, it's a real, that's a real hard question to ask because I know nothing about head coaching. I know nothing about coaching staff. I know nothing about how to run an organization. That's why you don't you know really nothing about me. food. You know, nothing. I don't about know anything the, about yeah. football like yeah. in general. Like, I mean, I just know that you got a guy who throws the ball to another guy and then sometimes they hand off, you know, and, and, and the guy tries to run and then he gets tackled, you know, and it could either be a positive or, or a negative, you know, that's, that's really about all I know. But uh, honestly, I wouldn't do anything different. I mean, these guys are professionals, you know, I know Ron Rivera gets a lot of hate uh, because you see these young coaches coming in and they have different schemes and they're winning, um, you know, Sean McVay, you know, is winning Super Bowls and, you know, all these old timer coaches are still behind the times, but I think ultimately we can't look at young versus old and, you know, innovation. We have to look at what, what the state of our team was in and it was in complete disarray, complete turmoil and disarray. And Mm -hmm. so you need, needed a guy like Ron Rivera, who has that military background. And I'm not saying it's only military background, but it, it helps when you have that military background because you definitely walk around with a no-nonsense attitude. And we needed that no-nonsense attitude in this organization because, as you can see, uh, in the past, the, the front office alone, there were people running rampant, saying and doing whatever they please. And it's been on video clips, you know, and you can read emails. About it. Listen, emails, and you can read about it all day long, but it doesn't hit you the way it hits you when you hear an old man say, look at that intern in that. Now you hear it and you're like, yo, these dudes ran around like frat dudes the whole entire time. So you need a guy like Ron Rivera who is going to push all that bullshit aside and literally focus on what's truly important. And that's what he's been doing. Yeah. So I could never come in and say that I could do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, period. So that, um, that's a hard question. No, yeah. I mean, Carl, um, at DMAC on um, Twitter said, he, he made a few good points. I, I, I kind of wanted to pick up on some of these. He said what he would do if he was the head coach of the Washington football team right now, he would uh, be splitting Antonio Gibson out as a wide receiver uh, once in a while. Uh, and not rushing Chase Young back. I mean, we kind of touched on that, and I was on with you guys last night. I mean, is it in? We're all pleased to see Chase back on the on the field. We'll start with him first before we get to the Antonio Gibson thing. We're all pleased to see Chase back on the field. You know, uh, we've seen him at voluntary uh, practice so far this season. Um, how important is it to you that we don't rush him back? Everyone's saying, will he be ready for game one? I mean, I personally would love to see him live and in person. I don't think he'll be ready for game one. I haven't had this kind of injury, but it's similar when I played soccer years ago. This is one of the hardest injuries to come back from. What's your whole mindset with the Chase Young? Would you rather wait and get him? Or do you think that we might see him game one? So I'll answer the question first. The first thing I would do as head coach is I would hire Warren Sapp to come be a player mentor, yes. uh, to be the intermediary between the coaching staff and those players. Cause it seems like they, they Love gel you. with Warren Sapp. Like mm-hmm. they understand what he's trying to say. And Warren Sapp isn't the type that's going to like go outlandish and start talking crazy. Like he just wants to be able to funnel that information and kind of filter it down to the players. So they kind of understand it from somebody who did it in their perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause they're two big time defensive coaches. Uh, Ron Rivera and Jack DeRio were both linebackers. Warren Sapp being defensive line, that actually might help them a little mm-hmm. bit, and I think they'll grow a little bit. But with Chase Young, what I've heard about ACLs is that regardless of what you think or what you say, 
it's a two-year re- comeback. Because, yeah, you'll come back in a year, but you're still not at 100% because your muscle is still building. You're still getting used to it because that leg, everything in that leg is used to you not using it. So now that you have the capability, you have to build that back up. So you have to imagine not only is Chase Young trying to get back on the field, he's got to build up that leg. And so you're looking at now from this point, probably about four months. And so Chase wouldn't be really himself until about midseason. And we have to come to grips with that. We have to understand that be patient with Chase. I know we all want productivity out of the number two overall pick for justification for not taking Justin Herbert, but we will reap the benefits. We just have to continue being patient with Chase. Last thing you want to do is him being forced onto the field and then having another RG3 situation where we don't know what's going on with the leg. He's rushing himself back, and we're sitting here for two years wondering why we screwed the pooch with this kid and this great talent of Chase Young. So let him be patient. Let him come back. And let him do some work. I'm sure that he's being patient. I'm sure Ron Rivera is telling him that. Ron Rivera is very wise. And he knows that th- there's no reason to rush his kid back. Let him, his future yeah. is very, very, his future is It's not like he's bright. coming back into a sport either where impact right. doesn't play a part. It's not like he's coming, you know, don't get wrong if you were a basketball player. I'm not saying they don't get impacted in basketball. If you look at what Chase Young does and what he's known for, it's not like he's walking back in and being a point guard or anything like that. You know, the position he plays you know, you don't really want to be rushing him yeah. back onto the field, right, Keith? Yeah, I, I again, I echo what Kyle said, and I hate it because they're really looking for something to argue with Kyle over. Um, <laughs> but it ain't going to be on this comment because uh, when, when he mentioned RG3, I mean, that's exactly what came to my head. When you rush a yeah, guy back who's not point. officially ready, you know, the, of course, we wanted him rushed back right. because, you know, we, we thought he was the savior of the team. Yep. There's no reason to rush Chase Young back in this type of position um, whatsoever. I mean, we actually, you know, the team played pretty well when he wasn't on the field. So, you know, why not continue that same success and let him actually get 100% healthy? Because if we push him out there, if he gets pushed out there too early and he continues to have these reoccurring injuries, then we're going to do nothing as fans, but continue to say this man's a bust. And yeah, so it's negative for everybody. Cause then chase correct. Young's pissed off and stressed out, stressed out. We're stressed out because of chase young, just unhealthy. Yep. Mm, yep. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, Kyle, is there anything just, um, I want to just, just while we're talking, we talked about Ron Rivera or anything. What, how do you feel Scott Turner is going to approach this season? He hasn't had, he hasn't had all these eggs in one basket. If that kind of makes sense. I mean, he now seems to, have everything available to him. Obviously, we haven't seen any preseasons yet, but from what we're looking on paper, this is one of the best uh, offensive that he's going to have coming into the 2022 season. Uh, what pressure do you feel is on Scott? Or do you think we'll see anything different from him this coming season? I do. I do think that we'll see something completely different. You're going to see a different style of offense. They're going to stretch the field. Obviously, Carson Wentz's arm strength adds that utility to the treasure chest. Um, and this is going to change things. My, what I want out of Scott Turner is to not be as timid. You know, I what comes to mind is like Doc Walker, because you brought up your buddy uh, Matt saying that he wanted to, he, if he was head coach, he would move Antonio Gibson out wide to wide mm-hmm. receiver. I say, stop that noise. J.D. McKissick, stop that noise. You line up at running back. You, Your job is to get that first down. Go and get it. We have so many wide receivers at this point. There's no reason to take them away from what they do well just to put Antonio Gibson out wide. Now, I understand that his usage is probably better because he has more experience at wide receiver. But that's the reason why he's running back. Because running backs in the NFL, generally, their careers on average last about three years because of the wear and tear on their body. If you look at this team, like J.D. McKissick, like Antonio Gibson, they go after guys that are converts. They haven't been playing running back long. They don't have a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. 
Same with Brian Robinson. Didn't get that many touches at Alabama. That's why they, they balloon him higher in his production in the NFL because he didn't get that many rushes. So in that being said, I want to get to stern football where I think Keith will love this, where you just say, this is what we're doing. We're lining up. We're punching him in the mouth. Stop us. And then using Carson Wentz to hit him deep. Because if you go in with the mindset that you're running the football first, that is dictating the will of the defense. Because now they, they, they can't mm-hmm. stop you. Anytime the play action hits, you're, you're done. Look at Tom Brady and the Patriots when they had Randy Moss on their team. He was like going 11 for 11, 200 yards and three touchdowns because they had play action all day long and you couldn't do anything against Randy Moss and Tom Brady. Essentially, that's what it's going to be here. If you can run the ball consistently, I think that translates into points. That'll help them in the red zone a heck of a whole lot. They won't have to depend on Logan Thomas anymore. And maybe Terry McLaurin can start to sniff that double-digit touchdown receptions that everyone uh, needs to see in order to claim that he's elite. Apparently, the the only time an elite wide receiver you can be one is if you have double-digit touchdowns, which is ridiculous. When you have Taylor Heineke throwing you to the football and no running game to uh, to I'm just throwing you to football as well. Right. I mean, look at the Atlanta Falcons one. I mean, Mm. you guys want to talk about touchdown receptions. Look at that. Look how much you had to do just to get one. You Mm. know what I mean? Let's calm down a little bit. I think that this offense is poised for a breakout year, and I think that's a really, really good thing. I do. I'm just concerned a little bit about the defense to start the year against Doug Peterson. That's yeah. the only thing I'm concerned about. Keith, do you think with uh, with Wentz now, and we all know that he is going to throw the ball down the field, and do, do you think that it will make teams think more now about Washington? Because, you know, they will be expecting him to try and bomb the ball down the field, and we've got Terry now. And like Carl has said, we're, we're, the, the running game can come into its own now, and Scott can t- try and use the running game at the right time. I felt sometimes last season we used our run game when we should have used the pass game and we used the pass, you know, I, and I don't know. I think just Scott just got confused sometimes. I think this season, I think he's going to have more of a clearer head. And I think we're going to have a more, we're going to have more of an understanding as fans and our, and our line's going to have a more of an understanding of like, okay, this is what the hell we're doing. Yeah. I think when you look at Scott Turner's offense, this, this is going to change a lot, but uh, like I said, I mean, I think it's going to start with the power game first. I love it. Punch them in the mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and then that to me, that feels like, you know, you're going to, you're going to open the door for passes. But the good news is, is we got three guys in rotation in that running back position that, you know, can not only run the ball, but can also pass catch too. And you have different guys that have different skill sets. That's going to help, you know, keep the defense, you know, uh, guessing, um, you know, in that type of situation, Um, you know, Wentz is definitely a a guy that can get the ball, you know, down the field and can put it in tight situations, Um, you know, and and so I think we're going to be okay in that aspect. I think Wentz has to do it though, in order to get the respect in order for, uh, people to give the, the 2019 wins respect, we're going to have to see it on the field. Once we see it, we're going to start, you know, a game after game, you know, we'll start building up a lot more confidence in what we have at quarterback. Uh, but I still think that we're in the best position. Cause like Kyle said, when you're, you're talking about Taylor Heineke, you, you're limited, you're limited in things that you can do. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love about Carson Wentz that I don't think people talk enough about, I, I feel like that Ryan Kerrigan has been the only guy to actually own care or I mean, um, Wentz, you know, when Wentz is trying to break the pocket, you know, Kerrigan just always had that guy's number. But if you look at a lot of the other games, Wentz was almost like Taylor Heineke in the sense of, you know, he could definitely get out of the pocket when it, when it's busted, you know, the thing with Wentz that I'm most concerned about is not his gameplay. I loved 2019 Wentz. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, my wife being an Eagles fan had no choice, but to watch a lot of the games. I loved what that guy brought to the table. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, his injury, his confidence. 
no, 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 no. You just have to be in the right situation, the right game plan, the right scheme. I think that he's going to get this here in, you know, in Washington. I think he's got a lot more to play for, too. I think he knows that if he's not successful in this position, you know, is where he's at now, he could become a QB, too, later on for the rest of his career. Go ahead, and Tom. just and just to add on, you know, with Carson in his arm strength, you're you're right when his maneuverability, being able to escape the pocket, and the fact that his arm strength is there is such an added positive. Because Taylor Heineke, it almost had to be scripted for him to hit long plays. If he escaped out of the pocket, there was no way he was getting that ball uh, past he thirty he yards down. He could run and throw at the same time. Exactly, and so with Carson, Carson can do that. And Carson has, I'm not, I'm sorry to say this, it's not like Taylor doesn't, but Carson has balls in the sense that like he'll put, they he'll thread that thing in there. He's not scared of it. And that's something that you need deep downfield, especially when you have three great deep pass-catching wide receivers in Dotson and McLaurin and Diami Brown. That's a recipe for success for you. So to Keith's point, I absolutely love that about the maneuverability of Carson because that arm strength just accelerates it times 10 because he can be outside the pocket and the defense is cheating up. Mm, I yeah. think that Carson's biggest issue is going to be, you know, he has very limited turnovers. I mean, you saw that last year. I think what yep. he had seven interceptions last year. He season. like averages seven for his career. It's insane. It's yeah. like multiple times he's gotten seven. It's usually it's less than 10, but generally it's around seven. The mm-hmm. problem is, is when they're, when it happens, it's very bad. It's that bad yep. positioning. And that's, <laughs> we've all seen that replay of the Colts yeah. game where he just threw it to the guy. And that's what I mean. And so like, you know, if if he can understand that, Hey, listen, you know, you can, you can take the sack on this situation, you know, uh, you don't have to be the hero. It's almost kind of RG three in a way, because RG three was the same way, man. He just refused to do the right things because he wanted to be the hero. And I do see the simple things he refused to do. Correct. I mean, sliding is the big thing, you know, that we all have talked about, (laughs) you know, but, but, you know, it's because when you have someone that has an ego like that and we all know rg3 had that ego he refused to do the right thing because he wanted to be the guy and i think that that's what you get out of carson wentz because you know let's face it when your backup comes in and wins the super bowl when you've had an mvp season and you had to walk up to that stadium every week and see a statue of the backup after you've done what you had to do to get that team where it's at that's got to play a huge mental you know, uh, game with him. And so I think that he used that. And when, when he would go out on the field, he was trying to be the guy. He was trying to show Philadelphia, look at what you guys are missing out. Look at what you did, you know, and blah, blah, blah. He was trying to make a statement. Unfortunately, those usually fail more than they do succeed. Yeah, and, and I think that, and that's why I think it's a perfect scenario for both situations. This is a place that quarterbacks generally don't go to. And Carson is a quarterback that everyone is kind of like poo-pooing at the moment. And so it's like a two, a two pieces meeting that are both in that kind of situation saying, hey, why don't we just work out for the best of us? You know, and I think that's a recipe for success for the situation. But to your, uh, I want to go back to like the Antonio Gibson thing. I feel like that is like getting too cute. You know, like what I mean by being stern is being able to just run the football with your running backs and be effective at it. Because I feel like when you're putting your running backs out wide, like if you have Kamara or something like that, that makes sense, right? Because that's an insane athlete, just world-class, mm-hmm. right? But when you're doing that, it's almost like that UFC underground video where that one guy's doing all the moves in the cage, he's doing all the moves, and the guy walks up and just punches him in the face, and he drops down on the ground. Like, that's what I kind of view. is like when you're doing all that stuff, you're moving guys out wide, Antonio Gibson, try, it's being cute, doing all those fancy moves. Just go up and punch him in the nose, man, and be done with it. Yeah, and that's just a, how I feel a, about it. Be a running back. Master your own craft before you start. I mean... Mine, I was just finishing up this episode. I've got two more, a few more things. I just wanted to touch, and I'm going to mention Antonio Gibson in this. 
what do you guys want to see from this season, uh, rectifying the mistakes that we've made last season? What do you not want to see from Washington? And coming into this training camp, do you really want us to hope that we're going to focus on more? I mean, for me, it was a lot of the games when Antonio Gibson would fumble the ball down near the goal line. I want to make sure that, I mean, he's even come out and said that himself. When he was in, uh, he'd done his interview, what, two or three months ago now when he was at the training facility. He said, look, I know I effed up. I want to work on this. I know my. I need to look after the football more. So for me personally, going into this season, I want to see us take care of the ball. I think. I think in crucial moments, sometimes last season we literally fumbled, and whether that be our running backs, whether that be Taylor Heineke under throwing. I mean, it wasn't all our, our receivers' faults or our, you know our, our linebackers' faults. But I just want us to cut out just what I call the fundamentals of football. And what do you guys want to see coming into this season? Yeah, let me hit that first. Um, I want to go back to early 2000s running back football, right? Mm -hmm. When you had guys like LaDainian Tomlinson, Priest Holmes, um, I, you know, these guys were breaking away for touchdowns, running 60, 70 yarders, you know, having that breakaway uh, touchdown. When's the last time we've seen that in Washington since Clinton Portis? I mean, Clinton and Clinton Portis didn't do it often, but, you know, there, you can always go back to that Tampa game, his first game where he had that breakaway. And I'm, I remember, I, I mean, I, I lost my job because of that game. I, I got fired because I went home on break and never came back. Um, <laughs> but listen, Clinton Portis, it was worth it. And that's the type of running back football that I want to see. We are seeing smash mouth football a little bit with some of these teams, but the running back game style is not the same as it used to be in early 2000s. This is more rotational running backs. So you're not going to get Priest Holmes, LaDainian Tomlinson type numbers. Um, anymore from these running backs because they're you know obviously you do have either a two-man or three-man rotation but that's good because that's keeping these guys um you know fresh they're able to you know go to the sidelines and catch a break but i want to see breakaway touchdowns i haven't seen that in a while you know i love a good passing game i really do we know that this is a passing league but i i want to see a little bit more of this league turning back into a running back league because that to me i think is the start I call, him in the mouth, I call that proper man. football. I call that. I call Hit that him in the mouth. I want to see a John Riggins, and I never got to see a John Riggins. I only saw John Riggins on YouTube or on NFL <laughs> Network when they're talking about the man. But I want to see a dude just hit and keep running. I want to see Marshawn Lynch style type football again. Hmm. Yeah, I like I'll, that a what lot. About you, brother? Uh, going into the season for me, it's coming out with in game one with something new and not being so cookie cutter. Because, like, yes, you could say Ron Rivera is the old-school mindset. I do believe that there is uh, some beauty in that and having that structure consistent 365 days out of the year. But I felt like it was a bad thing going against the Chargers because the Chargers knew exactly what we were going to do on defense. They knew what sets were going to end, and they, they knew what plays, what routes to hit against our defenders. Then offensively, it was almost the same kind of thing where they knew what we were going to be doing. I want them to mix that up just a little bit for the first game. I do not want to be predictable because in that breath, that means your second to third and fourth opponent are going to be saying, are they going to go back to the old ways? Are they going to continue with this new stuff? And the more that they are worried about something else, the better your chances are. And so that's why I'm circling that week four game because I want to make sure that we start out with something new so the Cowboys have something to worry about and study more when it comes to week four. So they start worrying a little bit. I do not want to be cookie cutter. I do not want to be predictable again. Going into week one, we cannot afford that against the Jaguars. Doug Peterson knows this team, knows this defense, and I feel like this is something that needs to happen soon, mm, and they need yeah. to make that change. Most definitely. And obviously, we're sitting here now recording this at 20 past 11 in the evening, the UK time. 
Guys, there's a little bit of breaking news. I don't know if you're on your social medias right now. RFK Stadium is on fire. Oh my goodness, really? Right wow. now. So uh, literally, it's I come up on, uh, it's in my WhatsApp group, it's on my Twitter feed. RFK Stadium, we're gonna, I'm going to try and find out some more as we go. But yeah, just while we're recording, RFK Stadium does, is there. Does that is, mean a new president has been elected? Yeah. <laughs> some sort of smoke signal being sent no, out from DC. But yeah, I hope not, everyone's okay. Yeah, I hope everyone's okay down there. So yeah, it's just come out on uh, on social media now. A lot of rats are about to perish, I'll tell you. RFK Stadium is uh, is yeah currently on fire. But uh, Keith, uh, we mentioned week one there, my my guy. Uh, what's happening in the red zone lot on week one, man? Me and Carl are going to be there expecting big things from you, dude. I don't know what you're expecting from me. I know last year we did uh, a tailgate, and, and that could still happen as well, um, where we do a, a fundraiser tailgate. The only reason why we're kind of backing off that a little bit, a lot of people don't know, but uh, there's another group there that's been there uh, for you know many years, and uh, Christy Holy um, and Pez, they um, they they do they do food there for Abby's Army, mm-hmm. and so. Okay. They were really cool last year, like, you know, kind of letting me cut in and, you know, I was new with the hog farmers and I really wanted to, you know, do something precedent, you know, to show that, you know, I'm worth the while of being, you know, with this group. And so this year, I don't really want to cut into them. So I'm not sure, you know, uh, um, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but I am still going to promote the red zone because I would like everyone Last year, week one, when all of uh, all of these guys showed up, now you have the UK group showing up. Um, to me, it was just a lot of fun, man. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you guys, man. I, my 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 football right now, and this is usually the time of the year where I just kind of stay away from Twitter and I try to do my own thing with my family during the summer and and whatever the case may be. And hopefully, I'll summer get, Keith. Yeah, summer Keith. Hopefully, I'll get a little bit re-energized once the season starts coming up. Um, you know, and. and things will get a little, I'll be a little bit more excited, but I think what I'm hoping for, man, is just all the people that we've connected with, you know, the past year or two, you know, we get together in, in red zone and just enjoy each other's company. That was the thing about tailgating last year during week one was I couldn't really talk to a lot of people. I, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if not, I was letting the food would end up on fire and, you know, and so. Or you're taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when yeah, when I said we're expecting big things of you, I didn't mean as in to do fundraisers. By the way, you, what you do is a great job. I'm just hoping that we all get to hang out come week one. Obviously, there's me, Scott. I think there's, I think there's nine of us now coming over from the UK. So uh, yeah, that's it, gonna be awesome. We'll tell uh, Joe I mean, and Chris that Keith gets a day off that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Keith definitely gets to take the day. No, off they're not. They're not pushing for it. Listen, I, I <laughs> think kidding. that I think that for me, for right now, I'm really in this more than anything else because uh, I've gotten to experience so many different things and I'm getting to meet a lot of different people, and that's uh, hella fun. It has changed the way that I do things a little bit because you know I can't. It's hard to be the old me when you know the nice me is getting to know a lot of people. So yeah, um, you know I'm going to continue, I guess, to be the nice me and. And, uh, man, I'm excited for the UK group to come over. I'm excited for, you know, all the podcasters, you know, who all want to come. But anytime we, you know, we're hanging out, Kyle, Kyle and the mics are usually there. I mean, it's just, man, it it re-energizes me as a football fan. Mm. Can I just tell you now, we on our WhatsApp group, there's me, Scott, and Andy have got a little one. We are scaring the bejesus out of Scott Hartley because this guy cannot drink for shit. (laughs) <laughs> we, are te- we are telling him that we're getting to the tailgate at 8 a.m. And I know, Scott, you're going to be listening As to Kyle this. goes, oi! Yeah, yeah. as Kyle tells him, oi! 
have a beer and not a water, you pussy. But yeah, he is uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be terrified. But um, guys, it's been a pleasure sitting here chatting with you on, on the podcast. Uh, Freddie's going to be back next week. Uh, Carl, what have you got coming up, brother? And uh, uh, you guys, next episode out this Friday, right? Yes, sir. It's this Friday. You can catch us on YouTube, all your uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us everywhere. There's Search for the Burgundy Zone. Uh, you can find us. You know, we're easy to find. We're the Washington's best kept secret, I like to say. Yeah, most, most definitely, my man. You must keep doing your thing. Keep us coming up, brother. When can we hear you, your dulcet tones? Um, we're looking to move to a new platform with the podcast. And mm-hmm. so uh, the guys are really looking into that. I just, it, it's been a lot for me, but the guys are looking into it. Um, so that will be exciting for the podcast because we're able to do a little something different and new of, of things that we like to do um and just really right now for me i'm working uh, you know behind the scenes with the hog farmers just mm-hmm. getting everything together we just had our uh, actual meeting uh you know the day that we went uh to did the charity golf and uh we put a five-year plan together i mean there's a lot of stuff going behind the scenes that you know haven't been talked about and just growing this organization i mean going from being able to send care packages to give thousand dollar grant you know each month to a family to now we're able to uh, uh, pick, you know, a couple families, um, even up to up to ten families for Christmas. Um, you know, oh, to get thousand awesome. dollar grant for the holidays. Great work, brother. Great work. So that's it's just awesome. growth, man. And then you know, just talking about what more can we do the following year, and how can we grow this organization, grow the members, and that type of stuff. So there's mm-hmm. a lot behind the scenes going on with that. So uh, cool, man. We'll keep up the it. good work, bro. Yeah, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have been your host, Andy Burrows. Me and Freddie will be back next week. Carl, Keith, love you guys and uh, stay safe.